Sci-Fi for Me Radio presents Timothy Harvey, Jason Hunt. This is H2O. Welcome everyone to this episode of H2O. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. Just checking our levels back there. We are experimenting uh, during this recording session. Uh, it's alive. It's alive. Streaming while we record. Yeah. So we're trying to trying to do some things to build our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash sci-fi for me. We call it sci-fi for me TV dot two. Dog, you need to go sit down. Go on. <laughs> So, Dog just wanted I don't know. to be petted. I think he has been fidgety all day, well, and I don't know why. It's not because of the sweater. It is. I have no idea why. But we we, just we had the discussion antsy. earlier, but you guys couldn't hear where I was. You know, dressing animals in clothes discussion. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. He's been staring at the front door. And I don't know if it's. He's waiting for me to come over. I don't know if it's because of the cat that's out there. No, probably. Or but, yeah, I'm mean, sure you can smell the cat. The cat's out there all the time, and he doesn't have well, anything to do with it. I don't know. It just. I, mm. He wants to share his sweater with the cat. He's going crazy. He's going crazy. Anyway, okay, so <laughs> we did introduce ourselves. We did. Let's introduce our topic. Yeah, we could. We could. <laughs> all right. So I I don't know why. I don't know why I came up with this. I, uh, I was driving back this this past weekend. I am I am so tired. You had a busy weekend. I did. I did. Saturday we had Smallville Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mindy and Thomas and I were all at Smallville in Hutchinson, yeah. Kansas. And then uh, Thomas flew solo in Smallville on Sunday, while I shot video at a dance recital in Dallas. <laughs> And uh, Mindy's been working on her article on Bill Blair uh, becoming the Green Goblin. There's right, a makeup yeah. demonstration, and since she's got extensive notes. She's been working off of that. Thomas is writing up panel reports mm-hmm. for the different uh, the different panels that he went to. Uh, I made contact with Eric Avari's representative to mm-hmm. talk to him about some stuff. We may have a, a live from the bunker interview coming up with him at some oh, cool. point in the very in the very close future. Excellent. And after the dance recital, I had two two dance recital shows on Sunday mm-hmm. that I had to shoot, and I had to drive back Monday because I had I've got all sorts of you know, my my day job production stuff is all deadline driven mm-hmm. now now right, now, yeah. now now right. So I'm bushed. <laughs> I I just but but somewhere in the drive back from Dallas, I had this. I don't know, I don't know what it was that that popped into my head. But I guess maybe it was it was spurred by our political discussion. Right. That, that I, I, I was going to ask you uh, if that had a, a factor in, involved well, in it there. Well, it could be because, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, the politics of Hollywood and science fiction and fandom and all of this, the Hugos and Wonder Woman and identity politics and gender politics and all this. And I got to thinking, you know, science fiction fandom is supposed to be – Fairly inclusive. It's supposed to be inclusive. We're, we're, it's, it's, it's a, a big lo- tent. I yeah, mean, we've yeah. all been at the point sure. where people made fun of us for liking Star Wars yeah. or Star Trek or whatever. Well, if you're of a certain age. Yeah. Now it's like, I like Star Wars. Really? Mm-hmm. Doesn't everybody? Right. You know, well, and you can, and you can um, serious, air generational. Quote, serious air quotes here for the folks who were just listening to this. Um, Harry Potter. 
we just had a huge anniversary for Harry Potter. Oh, right, right. And if you think about the the impact of Harry Potter on um, young adult fiction, let alone fantasy fiction, let alone movies, you know, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings and all these things that, you know, then you have the Marvel movies and the DC movies and all this stuff with this explosion of superhero. Right. These, all these things came together to basically make an entire generation who has never known the idea of... You know, being huh, being made fun of because you're yeah. a science fiction fan. Well, and that and that engenders even the discussion of uh, what's a real fan, because oh. you know that that whole thing has been has become a thing. Because yes, oh, you just like the Marvel movies, but you don't read the comic books. And well, you're not a real. My fan. personal opinion on that is shut up. <laughs> okay, because fandom. Look. There are so many different ways. We, we as a species, mm. we are really good at being tribal. Yes. And it is, and, and, and you know what? That's an evolutionary thing, right? Okay, that's basically, you have your tribe, you have your family unit, you have your social unit, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You scale, right. it up, you scale it up from, from mother, father, child, all the way up to uh, national. And yes. then maybe, and then, and then worldwide, and then interna- you know, interstellar. How it, science fiction does a lot of that, too. Sure. So, but you have to, you know, the idea, if we could do slightly better at emphasizing the ways we have things in common, as opposed to <laughs> the 40 bazillion things that divide us. And I mean, it's just, we're, we're really good at finding the things. And sometimes it's politics, sometimes it's religion, sometimes it's fandom, sometimes it's whatever it is. All right. It's Mac versus PC, whatever it is, Android versus iPhone, whatever, you know, you get, people get all they get very, very tribal and very, very focused, and some of that is just human nature. But we're really good at it, and that's not a good thing. Yeah. And fandom is fandom is made up of people. Well, and and sadly, sometimes <laughs> there's uh, there's a this this idea that popped into my head about you know the identity politics and whatnot, and that got me thinking about the X Men and the mutants and mm-hmm. and sure. you know some of the different stories that we've seen. And it hit me, the question, and I'll put this out to uh, our listeners. Uh, you, can, you can respond as well, h2o at sci-fi for me.com. Um, is the alien, because the, the idea of science fiction has always been about the other. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always an other, whether it's an alien or... Uh, a time traveler or a robot or you know some something right? right of course and a lot of times the alien is a way to reflect back on humanity you know comment on where we are as a species as as human beings it's well, it's, it's a very it's a very common thing in in science fiction right. and fantasy and there's spock yeah you know, is, is a is a classic example it's a way for writers and storytellers and performers to look at the human condition or individual pieces of human behavior and be judgmental in a way that isn't necessarily well in, in the cases of things like star trek it was a way to be it was a way to to and i use i use being judged saying being judgmental in a actually in a positive way um critique uh, yes yeah. certainly a critique and certainly an analysis and sometimes star trek the original series did a really good job of that. Most of the time, they had some heavy-handed misfires. Let that be your last battlefield. The Omega Glory. Oh. Oh. I mean, I mean, there were sometimes they just got it wrong. But it's you can't get it perfect. And the, uh, 
uh, Twilight Zone did it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Outer Limits did it too. And you, but the idea was you would look, you would have somebody who was outside us look at us and say, "What are you doing?" And then you have those aliens or mutants, as the, as mm-hmm. is the case with uh, with the X Men. Sure. And this is what got me thinking about it because the X Men have always been kind of the stand-in for whatever oppressed group you know well i, I don't know that they necessarily it, well they've been they've been appropriated for that i would say that that using I, I wouldn't even use the word oppressed group i would say that they were often a stand-in for a group that was outside the the "Quote unquote normal." Right, but I'm ter- I'm talking in terms of modern day identity politics. Well, I, 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 I still, everybody's well, but but you know, but I think I think there's again we we come. This is a, this is a this is a a labels issue that I think we run into too many times. Mm-hmm. And because I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm a political person, um, and we had our political episode, and <laughs> we I've had fo- our one <laughs> political episode. But I, and, you know, oh, I, and, and by the way, I got. I am sorry to interrupt. No, no. I got. Uh, I got an email from Ray mm-hmm. saying that he still likes you even after the political episode. Well, so. I appreciate that. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> so we have survived. Um, but I, there's, we have a tendency. It, labels are easy, and labels are are. It's like writing. It's 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 shorthand, right? So yeah. we, the problem is, is that they become very good ways of not listening to the other person. So I, my problem with things like identity politics is that it ends up being a catch-all for a lot of things that aren't really the same thing. Right. And gender politics are the same thing. And, and you know, it's you run into these things that are just so, they're easy. And, and we all do it. I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody else. But the thing is, is that it ends up being problematic. The X-Men, yeah. the X-Men for generations of readers has meant different things. Um, now you can take it to extremes. I had a roommate in college, uh, who was, there's a list here. Okay. (laughs) He was a gay black Mormon. Oh, so he had a really serious chip on his shoulder. Sure. Because he was on, from his point of view, he, and this was the late eighties. Yeah. So okay. this is a time when when being gay was really problematic. The AIDS epidemic was huge. Um, uh, he, being a black Mormon, which is a distinct minority in the Mormon Church, and there's a lot of history there with the Mormon Church and 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 black membership, and that's a whole different thing. And I'm not I, anyway. Yeah. He was on one hand a really super nice guy, and every now and again I wanted to push him down the stairs. <laughs> Because he drove me crazy. Because everything was personal to him. Yeah. And, I, and everything's an insult. And, and I understood it, it on, on one level, I completely got it. Mm-hmm. On the other level, it was like, no, no, it's yeah, not it's everything. Not is, you're you. not, you know, so. You know, I find myself saying that to the 15 year old a lot. Not you know, everything is about you. And I think that, I think unfortunately, what we run into, God, we're getting into the politics thing again. But I think, I think it's not just politics. Um, and we see it, whether it's fandom or politics or religion or whatever it is, any, any hot button issue that, that sends us somebody off uh-huh. is that half the time you're listening to these people talk, left, right, middle, up, down, I don't care. And it's like, 
could you be something less of a teenager right now? <laughs> you're a grown human being. Why are you acting like you're in high school or junior high? And it's yeah. and because the emotion stuff gets in there. Again, yeah. I, all of it comes down to it, it hits a it hits part of you in a way whether you're whatever side you're on, the argument is hitting you in a way that is short-circuiting the part of your head that is listening to the other person. Mm-hmm. And now you're you are just You've, they've said the thing, whatever the thing is, yeah. and now you're angry. And the worst of the Star Trek episodes, watch how I bring this back around here. I was about to say, because we, we haven't even gotten to my I topic know. yet. But the, we bring it around to the worst of the Star Trek episodes, and back to your topic yeah. is something like Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, which was, this is a, this is an episode about race. Yeah, You're black on one side and white on the other. Right, but this is also Star Trek capital this capital yeah. is the and and by the way the name of the episode is let that be their last battlefield as opposed you know that's the subtitle at this point and for what could have potentially have been an interesting way to look at the race situation in the u.s in the 1960s mm. turned into a hi there here's my point yeah. whack yeah <laughs> repeat it oh god Just- yes but you, Omega Glory was the same way. It was like, here's our Star Trek patriotic episode. Right. Well, and you had, um, what was it, Patterns of Force, which was the Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Patterns of Force actually plays. It plays better, though. If you if you don't know that it's about the Vietnam conflict. It still works. It still works. And, yeah. and but, it, you know, it's very heavy handed. So, so here's, so to, to that, you have the alien as the mirror mm-hmm. or mutant. Alien mutant, the other right. as mirror, mm-hmm. or the other as stand-in. Right. And my question is, which one works best? Which one works better? Do do are are is the other best utilized as? Someone on the outside looking at us and going, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Why do you do that? Or does the other work better and from a story standpoint? As, you know, right. as, as writers, we, we look at this stuff. From a story standpoint, does the other work better as a reflection or as a stand-in, as our proxy? The answer is yes. And the, and, and the reason I say <laughs> that is— You were going to do that. Well, in the, in the I want to say it was the late 80s, middle 80s, God Loves, Man Kills. It was an X-Men graphic novel. It was one of the oh, wait, first right. yep. standalone graphic novels out there. And it was a variation of that turned into X2. The, okay. second, the second X-Men film was very influenced by God Loves, Man Kills. And it was, but it was very much, so, so the premise of it is there is a group of people who are hunting down mutants and killing them. Just straight up murdering them. And these are, they've got, you know, mechanized suits. And it turns out they are being run by, they're being led by a militant Christian minister who believes that uh, mutants are children of the devil. That this is, this is, they're not children of humanity. They're, you know, this is, you know, God wouldn't, God wouldn't let these things exist. Right. They're aberrations. Yeah. And it was really interesting because it focused very heavily on Kitty Pride, who, for those of you who are not necessarily X-Men fans or have only really know her from the movies, Kitty is Jewish. And her Jewish faith is actually tied into her 
sense of who she is. And there have been some really well-written arcs with her where it hasn't been heavy-handed or, you know, sledgehammer anywhere, but it's been part of who she is. And here, it literally becomes, uh, it, start, it literally asks you questions about, um, you know, your religious beliefs, your sexuality, all these different things. But they did it in such a way where Reverend Stryker is not a horrible human being. He's he's not necessarily sympathetic, but you understand where you he's coming understand from. Understand him, and and it for for somebody who as soon as you demonize the other side, and this is something that shows up in a lot of of fiction, let alone real life, yeah. you end up becoming you end up you almost lose as soon as you make the other side a demon. Yeah, the Hitler argument. Well, and sometimes then sometimes Hitler argument is is valid but it's got to be valid in this particular well in this particular case magneto is one of the main characters and magneto is jewish as well right and so for him striker basically issuing a death sentence to all mutants is him going hitler kill it with fire and so the x-men and their big one of their biggest enemies especially at that time he was very much a villain become allies and it becomes this interesting um question and it was really groundbreaking at the time because the x-men were not getting into these nobody was getting into in in dc or marvel was getting into these big question stories right and so it couldn't be a it had to be a graphic novel had to be outside the yeah because you also at that time you you didn't have image or dark horse or boom right any of you know dynamite i think you had comico and i think you had a couple of other ones that were because i think i want to say elementals were where it was at at that period of time okay yeah, which was which is also but, but you were at the very very beginning of oh yeah all of the indie presses or the smaller presses that were and if you wanted something because, where you were going to push those and ask those questions you had to go to the indie press yeah and really the only thing the only other thing i could think of that was doing that would have been green arrow green lantern Oh yeah, the, the yeah. Danny O'Neill, uh, Neil Adams, right? and that was a, that was a standout on its own. But you had something like "God Loves, Man Kills," where it was clearly, basically saying, you know, this is this is a story about a genocide or mm-hmm. a potential genocide. Hate in the name of religion. Right. Hate in the name of of you know the identity of the person you hate. You don't hate them. You don't. You're not looking at that individual person. You're looking at. You're, you've labeled that person with a, a, a title, yeah. and that is what you have to kill. <clears throat> and unfortunately, so much of this stuff breaks down to that. So it was really groundbreaking at the time. Now we see a lot more stories like that now. The trick is. The trick always is uh, to find it. To find where you can be dramatic and tell a strong story, but not push it to the point where. Okay, you can have absolutely unredeemable villains. Yeah. You can. You can. You absolutely can. And it is okay to have them. But if you're going to tell the kind of story where you're going to be, this is a proxy character. This is a stand-in for an ethnic group or religious group or an individual or anything. You have to understand that if you aren't treating that character... lesson, Lesson for any writer anywhere... If you aren't treating your characters with respect, no matter who they are... Even if it's a type of person you would never associate oh with God, in real life, never like, never never give mm-hmm. the time of day, you still have to 
give that character as much respect and attention and 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 care and detail mm-hmm. as you would any other character in there. Otherwise, you're you're you end up doing a a preachy story and you don't tell a good story. Well, you turn your enemy into a straw man. Yeah. And you basically you're you're putting all of your views about that person on them or that group or whatever. And you've immediately made that character less interesting because there's no depth to the character. Right. The Empire in Star Wars works because Darth Vader is sympathetic. And the thing about, even when he's villainous, he's kind of the anti-hero. He's the villain hero. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's cool. Even, well, this is before the prequels. I, yeah, before, no, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but even before you knew he was, even before you knew he was Luke and Leia's father. Yeah. He was cool. He's big and dramatic, and he's he takes charge, and he's got this great voice, and he, it's, you know, yeah. There's something about there's him. something it's about just, him. He's very got... dynamic, and so there's well, you want to know more about him. You didn't realize you didn't want to know a lot of things about him, but at the time you were like, <laughs> "Tell me more about this guy, this dangerous man in black." Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah. that, that's got me thinking. There was a there was a, t- a TV commercial that I ran across on my Facebook feed uh-huh. today. And it has me thinking of what I want to do at our next panel appearance in a convention. Yeah, and I got to talk to Barry about it. Maybe we'll do it at Kansas City Comic Con. It's a it's a TV commercial that ran in Denmark, mm-hmm. and it starts off saying, "You know, we all we we all put people in boxes. Mm-hmm. There's people you don't want to have to do anything with. There's sure. the, there's the the low income people. There's the upper income people. There's this person, this group, and this group, and this group, and this group, this group. Sure, right? So they took all of these." Types of, they took representatives of these kind of people, you know, the people in the suits and the people in the wife beaters and the, mm-hmm. the gangs and the thugs and you know, all these things and put them into boxes, right? And then they started shaking things up. They said, all right, any of you who are step parents, any of you who have been bullied, any of you mm-hmm. who have been the bully, you know, any of you who are, you know, only children. I mean, they started just taking not not identity politics or, or economic politics labels, but real life, sure. you do these things. How, how, you many, know, adopted, how, many, right? how many of you have a children? How many of you have and a daughter? How many, yeah, exactly. It you, got me thinking about what's been going on with Hugos, mm-hmm. because that's still a thing. And um, so I thought, here's what we could do. Instead of just our standard, normal yeah. thing, we bring in everybody in fandom. However many people show up at this thing. Everybody in fandom? Well, How big is this room? At the convention. convention. How big is this room? People who want to be there. (laughs) 15 people. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And what we do is we do this same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, stand up if you like the prequel trilogy, you know, and stand up if you voted for Trump. Stand up if you voted for Hillary. Stand up if you like... Mm, you know, Firefly. Sure. Stand up if you don't like Firefly. Right. You know, all of these different things and mix it up there to is illustrate a... that no matter what status, yeah. we're all fans. We're mm-hmm. all in the same room. I don't know. It, it, I thought it would be interesting to see just what kind of what kind of results. I actually I like that idea. There is a there is a British commercial. Um and I can't remember what it's for. 
but basically but it didn't work. No, it was really good. Um, <laughs> but you don't remember what it was for? Well, no, but I, the idea was what was impressed me. I did the right. product. The product was to me like a non-issue. Mm-hmm. It was the concept because what they did is they basically said, you know, they had uh, uh, somebody who was admittedly a British skinhead, right. and they put him in a room with a black woman. Oh. Okay. And but the thing is, is that they basically said, "Would you be willing to sit down with one of these people, this other?" Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Yeah, sure." And they did, and they left them there. It was, I think it was a beer commercial, <laughs> and it might have actually—I think it might actually have been a beer commercial because they sat there and they just talked, right? And it was that you know, okay, you might be—you know—the other, the other is is only the other until you start talking to them. There's that great Doctor Who speech. Mm. In the Zygon inversion, yeah, where you know it, you just have to sit down and talk and and stop being stop being a screaming child. Well, when you get to something like looking in from the outside, Spock's the Spock was the alien looking in from the outside, and when yeah. there's a lot of different characters in, in fiction that are that, that way, Data, Data, Clatu, well, yeah, definitely Clatu. Um, even even in fantasy, Lord of the Rings, the character looking in from the outside is Frodo. Mm-hmm. And Bill Frodo and Bilbo. I can see that. I can see that because yep. they're the in you know for all the fact that a Hobbit is clearly you know well he's he's, he's actually every man. he's kind of the audience character right yeah so he's he doesn't understand this world he's lived in this little bubble of the Shire and he's released out into the world and like dragons and dwarves and wizards oh my um, living in a bubble is never the best thing to do the only reason to live in a bubble is if your immune system is completely shot and it's medically demanded and even that's not even the, even that that they're doing better at these days yeah so remember remember when we were kids John Travolta well there was a there was a, a there was a live human being kid who was in living in a bubble that was, that was the that yeah. was his movie yeah, yeah. so it's uh, uh, yeah we don't hear much about that anymore because luckily they're able to do more medically than they used to with yeah. that sort of situation. But you have these characters who look at humanity, and sometimes it's played for laughs, and sometimes it's played for drama, and that ability... Well, sometimes it's played for horror. You look at it now with the... and it, eh, God, I almost hate to bring this up because the two films made me... Or disappointed me greatly. <laughs> but the, the Alien prequels, um, uh-huh. Covenant and uh, Prometheus, you have... The android characters are the characters on the outside looking in. And David, in both films, has passed judgment on humanity. He looks at us and goes, you're awful. Yeah. We need to get rid of you. You guys are just terrible. How can I kill all of you? There's a lot of you. i got to figure out a way. And and then you look at the, the um, Isaac Asimov robot novels. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that in there. Yeah. I'm still waiting for my good Caves of Steel <laughs> movie. Damn it. Well, maybe we have to make it. Got to get a budget. So serious CGI in that picture. Anyway, um, it's construction paper. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I just, just, just get it out. Uh, the South Park version of Caves of Steel. <laughs> what a terrifying that, idea. Some... That would be that would be really kind of <laughs> odd. Do that. Um, sure. So you have those characters, and they and they are able sometimes to look at us and say, "You're terrible." Yeah. As it, and and because you've because you've become fans of Spock or Data or some of these other characters looking in. That when they and they and the the good stories save that judgment up, they they wait, they wait and they deliver it as that like you know it's the it's the backhand across the face emotionally, yeah. Where, or that look from your father where goes, 
He doesn't even say anything. He just looks at you and goes, I am so disappointed in you. He didn't say it with a word. You know that look? Okay, I know that look. That's Yeah, me too. That's the look, except that it's coming from the guy with, you know, slight, who's slightly green with, with pointed ears. Right. Or the, or the pale robot over there who's like, you know, the innocent in the room. And it has more power for that because you've got an emotional attachment to that character. And that character is reliable. And if it's Spock, he's unemotional. He's looking at this from a purely logical point of view. If it's a data, he's looking at it from a purely, you know, analytical point of view. Not necessarily logical, but it's the same kind of, you know, he's just looking at things as these are the facts, these are the ones and zeros. Mm. There's no emotion to it. And then you have characters like the Blue Fairy who are just like, you know, you really? <laughs> do you, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> okay. We'll try it. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good way when it's handled well to look at what we know are our flaws as a species. Mm. Because, you know, huh, I have news. <laughs> We're kind of screwed up. What? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, speak for Doesn't know. I've met you. <laughs> uh, well, and the, and the thing is that it, it that's you. Could, it doesn't matter what nationality you are. It doesn't matter what nationality, religion, um, sex, gender, whatever it is. If you meet someone who claims to be perfect, run. There was a song. Because who was it? Um, that, you know. Is it Aerosmith? Aerosmith had a song. No, was it? Yeah, I don't know what's the song. Aerosmith. I can't remember the name of the song now. Um, but it um, was talking about. Oh, oh, oh! Um, if it, it was basically, if you if you can judge a man by the color of his skin, then you're a uh, then you're a better man than I. Yeah, uh -huh. that one. I can't remember the name of the song. It's yeah, gonna drive me crazy. Um, I can hear it in my head. Right. Um, I'm not going to sing it though, um, but because that would be painful. I, I, but yeah, those those kind of things, you know, you know, it's it's in the it's in the culture, and it, and it's that recognition that until you get to know somebody, mm -hmm. you have absolutely no no idea what kind of a person this this person is. A person is a person, right. and yeah. and you have to take them each on their own merits. And that's something that I don't know that we have a whole lot in our modern movie and television culture that does that. Maybe the Inhumans will be an entry point for that a little bit on that side of things. But we, I mean, the X Men movies kind of sort of did so a the little X, bit, but the, really, except the X Men movies they're really all just action flicks. Yeah, they're not. They're not None, there's no there's no thinking movies anymore. Well, I think unfortunately what you're getting is when you're going to go to the movie theater and pay 10, 15, whatever it is for movies anymore, $20,000 a screening, um, you're going for a certain thing. And, and culturally, we go through these phases with the kind of movies we want to see anyway, right? right. So we're at the blockbuster superhero action flick stage. Was and that, none of that, those... Uh, that article, and I can't remember, I, I, haven't, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but basically the, the, the theory is that the fans have taken over the film right. industry yeah, yeah. with mm -hmm. the action thriller Yeah, we've talked about that. Stuff, so. but, but you look at something like the TV show Legion, where yes. you've got 10 episodes to tell the story, which is 
it's about a mutant power. It's about possession and bad guys and, you know, voices in your head. But it's also about mental illness. Mm -hmm. And at a time, and we still see this. This is really terrible. Uh, This shows up, this is discussions at the VA. My dad used to be, worked for the VA when I was a kid. Uh, And I've got chronic depression. I keep saying that out loud. Um, Where... But it becomes one of those things where you keep finding out that people weren't talking to other people, right? Yeah. They, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't asking for help, which is a terrible thing. If you need help, get help. Ask for help. Uh, if you see someone who needs help, offer help. This is how you end up being a better human being. Offer help um, all the time. So it, it, I love seeing that stuff on TV because we don't see enough of it. Right, you know, yeah, you don't get don't. you don't you don't get long form storytelling to to show that kind of thing. Well, not only that, but you don't get the deep storytelling, right? I mean, the stuff that really makes you pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get enough of that. I mean, it it just we, science fiction historically has been about the ideas, mm-hmm. and I would venture to say that modern science fiction. There's a dichotomy. There's the action thriller science fiction fantasy comic book mm-hmm, movie. Sure. There's the identity politics science fiction stuff because there is that split. Mm. And then you have a lot of people that are sitting in the middle going, where's, where, where's the science fiction or the fantasy that, that's about ideas that makes me think without preaching to me to tell me what to think? Well, I think, I think you're, that's still, still happening out there because you still get you know, uh, films like Splice or um, Split, which of course mm-hmm. is, is – I, I can't tell you. I'm just, some people haven't seen it. There's a spoiler there. Um, big one. Big one. But there, or, or what's the one with uh, – what's the one about the aliens who communicate through symbolism? Uh, Jeremy Renner was in it. Recent one. Oh, for heaven's uh, sakes. Oh, no. This is terrible. Jeremy uh, – Jeremy, Jer- oh, oh, oh. The one with uh, the one with Lois Lane. What's yeah. her name? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, that that one is about, arrival. 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 That, that one's about ideas. Yeah. For all, however, well, contact, contact. contact. Certainly, that stuff is out there. But that stuff also doesn't have. It also that doesn't generate a billion dollars in ticket sales. True. Right. And so, but you get lucky sometimes, though, because you get something like Wonder Woman, where you're actually having a look. You're looking at the brutality of man living on the edge. Oh, that's the. Aerosmith thank song. you, uh, yes. thank you very much. Thank you, listeners. So, right. but I mean, you get you know that's that's a that's a film about the brutality of man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's World War One. It's a great example of the brutality of man. Yeah, Contact to the TV or or, or uh, not Contact. Um, oh, for heaven's sakes! I wrote reviews about it for the first season. The Expanse. No, no, not the Expanse. No. The uh, the one, the alien invasion one. Oh, Colony. Colony. Wow, this. Getting old, folks, and losing colony. Colony. You had two cups of coffee know, tonight. It's been a long day. Right. Uh, colony is, while it is certainly a parallel to say uh, the occupation of Paris mm-hmm. in World War II, it's very much the what we become. You know, who when you become the 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 occupier, when you become the proxy for the bad guys, right? You know, it, these questions are asked. But at the same time, it's asking those questions in an action adventure show about aliens invading. Yeah, family and fighting for your family and fighting against the aliens. But at the same time, it's you. You gives you the governor 
or the the consul of the area, and he's an awful, awful person, and you completely understand why he's doing that. Mm. And so you you're able to have those questions be asked. It's good stuff. So okay, so so as as a stand-in or as a mirror, it works both ways. It can if it it's works. if it's written if it's written well if it's written by somebody who is looks at those and says i intend to tell a good story and i'm gonna, and my bad guys need to be as interesting as my good guys mm-hmm. and my good guys have got to be as interesting as my bad guys and that's not always the case right. i mean you have to your straw man doesn't can be on both sides you know and it's if you're if your hero is a straw man you've done it wrong because <laughs> nobody's that perfect. Well, if your bad guy's a straw man, and if your bad guy's well, yeah, but I, I think you have to recognize it's that, easier to make the bad the bad guy a straw man, though. Oh yeah, because you can paint a villain in broad strokes. But I tell you what, every actor will tell you it's bad guys are, bad guys are the best roles, That's right? And oh, and here we go. Uh, uh, Alan Rickman's birthday wasn't too long ago. Oh, yeah. So let's remember remember you know the best bad guy out there. Yeah, if you're going. Write write your villain like it's going to be played by Alan Rickman. That's there's your there you know, there you there's go. your line. All right. So uh, your homework, listeners, uh, send us your your emails or your comments on social media. Let us know who are some of your favorite others that comment on our society, whether mm-hmm. they're robots or aliens or mutants or whatever. Send that to h two o at sci fi for me dot com or leave a comment on our social media. And we're going to continue the attempt, the experiment, <laughs> the great experiment. Yeah. Um, uh, for those of you who are just listening, uh, we are streaming. We're gonna we're gonna do this for a while and see what happens. We're gonna stream on Thursday night at eight o'clock right. Central U.S. Uh, for those of you who are listening other other places, uh, Thursday night eight o'clock Central. We're going to stream on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash sci-fi for me. And you can you can you can see us record the session. It's very exciting. Yeah, I know. We're just <laughs> sitting here. Um and then, you know, it and we'll get a we'll get the actual podcast episode within the stream. Mm-hmm. So right. Uh, it'll also give us an opportunity, and I got to figure out a way because I'm not facing the computer, so I right. can't see the chat widget. I have no idea if anybody's actually talking to us on the chat widget right now, so I'm gonna have to figure that part out. Um, maybe maybe swing a monitor around here or something, but um, I can't see it from here. I don't think anybody else. Uh, I, I will see. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So we're we're going to be experimenting with that, and um, and you can send us your suggestions for topics if you want to. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Things that we want to, we should talk about. And are, are we going to do through July? Do weekly just to give us a little bit of a steady thing? We'll or? we'll see what we can do. All right. Uh, keep an eye on our social media. We will post updates. Uh, on our next recording session, and we will be posting this as a finished podcast episode Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can always find uh, our other podcasts and uh, all the latest news over at SciFiForMe.com. Don't forget, also, we are trying to get up to 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Yes. And we will also be posting uh, panel reports from Smallville Comic Con very soon, as well as... 
I don't know what else. We're, we'll be doing more things. More things. Book reviews, movie reviews, all that coming up. Uh, so that's going to do it for us this week. I want to thank all of you for listening, those of you who might be watching yes, this, indeed. whether it's thank live you guys. or recorded. Uh, send us your suggestions, send us your comments, and uh, that's going to do it for us. I'm Jason Hunt. I'm Timothy Harvey. And this has been H2O. Thanks for listening. We will be back with another episode soon. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.